your boy Sam Duke. It's your man Dale McHale. And you're listening to another great episode of You, you Good, Good Bruh. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone. It is Christmas Welcome. Eve to us. It probably won't be Christmas Eve when you listen to this. So we hope that you guys had a great, uh, merry, merry Christmas. And yeah, it's a tough season for some of us. Yes, it's tough for some. And it's it's funny because this is the time of year. What what what, what kind of depression do they call it? They call this the uh, the. You mean like seasonal affect yes, disorder? Yes, yes. Like, no, like seasonal depression. Like it's this Yes, is, it's called sad. Okay. Ironically. Really? Yeah, seasonal <laughs> affect disorder. Seasonal okay. affect disorder. Yeah. So, so it's, like, it's, it's basically depression that comes along uh, during this time of the year. Um, not necessarily about the holiday. It's uh, Interestingly enough, it's more about how much sunlight we get. Yeah. Uh, sun, the sun plays a major part in our circadian rhythm. And we get less sunlight so you have lower energy and it just spirals from there yeah and i mean so, probably ain't going outside much this right. season with people probably not working out as much right you know all all of that good stuff well bad stuff or yeah most or of just the world <laughs> we stay active yeah exactly so i uh i i, I think that it's it's it sucks one one thing i was thinking about earlier it's like man we talk about a lot of heavy shit on this show like on a regular basis and this is still gonna be heavy it's just for me, i was just thinking like damn like we actually get to some real you know heavy heavy topics and today won't be any different right. um uh Mikhail, you sent me a video of a young lady i guess it's a tiktok asking men who do they talk to when they're not feeling so well or when they're you know when life is not going well or when their mental is messed up who do men talk to and of course it, it was it, it went through in a bunch of men different pretty diverse it's pretty diverse. diverse yeah white black you know latino asian pretty much all of them were answering the same things i mean pretty much nobody like who do you call when you, when you really really jacked up and your mindset is off and you are mentally drained who do men talk to and it's clear and it's funny because it opened my eyes to it because i would say maybe 5 or 6 years ago i may have been one of those men you yeah. know to say nobody i don't talk to nobody nobody cares what i'm going through you know go harder you know you see that you see those uh those memes it's like nobody cares shut up and go right. harder right you know, nobody you know, nobody gives a fuck you know get up and do what you got to do and um and there is a there there is a an air of mental toughness that that is needed to or mental resiliency that's needed to live everyday life however we got to be careful about the toxic idea that you know you have to go at it you know alone you got to go at it by yourself um and so what what was interesting is what i did was i compared what old sam would say to uh -huh. what current sam would say you know and and old sam would say nobody like i just you know i just kind of muscle through you know i'm gonna, right. I'm gonna head down you know I'm gonna run through whatever whatever's coming coming my way. The new Sam 
actually has a very interesting uh, response to to that question. Like, where, where do you go when you're messed up? Right. New Sam would say, it depends. And what's, what's funny about that is I've learned over time that one, it is important to have people to call on when you're when you're jacked up mentally, right? When you're jacked right. up, in in life is kind of throwing different you know things at you. But what I've also learned is it's good to have different people to address different aspects of when life is fucked up. Right. So it. You know, me and you, Mikael, like when, when things ain't going right, we'll sit and we'll talk. You know, we, we chop it up about pretty much everything. But, you know, when it's something that's going on mentally, I feel like I can lean on you. I can lean on, on a couple other guys to kind of say, hey, look, man, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of jacked up from that standpoint. Right. And, um, you know, it is what it is. That's when, that's, that's when my mental is fucked, right? But then, like, let's just say my marriage is messed up. I got a group of, I mean, married friends that I particularly lean on. And what funny thing about them is uh, they're not like my best friends. You know what I'm saying? They're not like, uh, they're, they're not like people that are super intimately involved in my relationship, but they are a group of men who are married, who have my marriage's best interest in, in, in mind. And I you have, a, you have an agreement. Yeah, we have exactly. We got like an agreement together that we, when 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 we fall out, because I may not talk to him for months, but if I have an issue from a marital standpoint, I'll go to them, and they and vice versa. They come they come to me, and let's just say I'm angry. You know what I'm saying? I have like I'm, I'm just having a real moment, and and I need someone to kind of get me out of that anger. It may not have nothing to do with just marriage. It may just have something to do with life. Yeah, life. I, I can call my line brothers. They're Whenever I'm like really like, hey, talk me off the ledge, I call them because they see me in those kind of moments. And so <laughs> that that's kind of where I'm at with it. But what I've noticed, I was like, man, that that's some really healthy shit. And a, lot, a lot can change in 60 months. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah 65 years. Yes, yes, a lot can change. And, I like and that. I, well, I think that's the part that's kind of stuck out to me about what you're doing is. And I'm, I'm showing sure my age, but back in the day, we used to have this little sticker. And on the sticker, it had telephone numbers for all types of emergency. Police, firemen, poison control. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, you they, know, they, uh, right by the phone. I right see by it. the phone. Leave them right by the phone. <laughs> and so that's kind of what it is. It's like, you know, uh, when I listened to that clip, the first thing I thought of is like, well, you know, who are your, you know, go-to's? for these, you know, particular items. Like if I wanted to go to war, there's some people I don't want to call. I mean, let's just keep it real. Yeah. Just, you know, when you, when you get into the perspective of what's healthy and what's not, I think for me, it's, it's a question of, are you mentally healthy? All right, so you said you can call your line brothers and be like, hey man, talk me off the ledge. But if I'm in some real, you know, gutter type shit, I ain't trying to get talked off the ledge, right? Yeah. But so I got somebody I can call. You, you got somebody to call to make you go into the good right, shit. Right. <laughs> so, so let's be clear. We're talking about, you know, getting yourself in a space where you're mentally healthy and then creating an emergency list from that. Be uh because at the end of the day, there's something for everybody. If you if you want to show out and show show up and show out, there's something for that, and so on and so forth. 
but if you want, if you decide that you want to be here for your family and for those that love you, there's a way that you could do this and, and get the support that you need. So that's, I just want to make sure we, you know, at least put a line between, you know, between type of, yeah, the, ty- the, the types of emergency contacts right. <laughs> that, that you needed. Um, right. Now, then I, then I kind of turned and I asked myself, I said, if you were to ask women this, would that be, would, would that be the same response? Yeah, no, man, they got fucking support groups for everything. Uneven breasts. It don't matter. They got for everybody. <laughs> like they just, and I, and I say this and I keep saying this until something changes, but I'm really envious of, especially our black women's, uh, their culture. There's a subculture in black community where it's black women supporting black women. And I mean, from everything down to, to from lashes to clothing to education, I mean, they pretty much are a, an economy to itself. And that to me is... It's kind of getting off topic, but I don't want to get off topic. But they they have their they are their own economy and they support themselves. The very thing that Claude Anderson is talking about for the black community, the black women are already doing. They already have um, that. They already they're already starting to to create a network for everything. There's there black women are doctors, PAs, L, uh, um, RNs, practitioner nurses. They got healthcare on lock. They're therapists, they're social workers. Um, then you go over to the corporate side, they're vice presidents in finance, um, you know, in mortgages, which has really been a, a key component to oppressing Black people. They've been able to start to corner the market and take over loan origination. You know, I'm in real estate, so I end up. So, you know, like everybody you talk yeah. to, you're like, damn, there's a lot of Black a lot of loan originators here, here right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, just that perspective all the way around. Only thing I, you know, I haven't seen them do, and I know that they are doing it, they're doing renovations, is be a quote-unquote builder. So I've seen them starting to bridge into that. My point simply is, is that they're the model. If we want to see the success that our sisters have seen, it would behoove us to start copying their shit. Okay. let let me ask you this, because as I'm listening to you say this, I'm like, okay, so black black women has cre- have created their support system. So you're saying we ask them that same question. They they hands down have that. They have answers to who they call when they're you know messed up in a relationship situation. Who they call when they're mentally down and drained. Mm-hmm. Who do they come to? Okay, so. What's our excuse? What is the reason and what is the, the, the thought process as to why men have not embraced this type of thing? I know we're working on it and I know we're progressing as men, but it's like, okay, but there's plenty of men that were here before us. These problems ain't new. These problems aren't new, but those men are dead. And, and the thing is, is that when you look at the rate of mortality rate if we die before our women what is that we're eating the same food some of us work out more than sisters do yeah you know so we we tend to have a healthier lifestyle what is the differentiator between us and, and our black women and it's support um we tend to do what in psychology is called john henryism 
And uh, John Henry is, uh, you know, a fabled, I don't know if it's fabled or not, but he was supposedly an ex-slave that had this uh, big bull that he used, but he used to, he used to dig out tracks for trains. And he, they had created this machine that can dig faster than any man. And he was going to be out of work. So he challenged the, the maker that if he can beat this train whole, you know, thing, uh, machine, that they would, you know, go to a different route. Like they would just stick with the same digging. And they, they were like, oh, cool, this is a wager. And they did it. And John Henry and his wife uh, actually completed the task, beat the train. And shortly after he beat the train, he died. Mm. And the thing is, is that he worked so hard. Uh, he didn't want no help. He didn't want to stop. He couldn't stop. If he stopped, the rest of his life would be over. He had all these psychological things going on, driving his behavior that pushed him past what his body was capable of doing. He was a, a brawny man. He was a Superman, right? Mm -hmm. But he's not. He's a human. And he died as a result of exhaustion. And that, to me, is kind of where we sit. We have this belief. Uh, we have this belief mm -hmm. that we're supposed to be extra tough. Our women believe it. Uh, they support it because they date bad boys. They like, you know, they, they, they find themselves curiously attracted to the most unhealthy men, which helps promote the behavior. Think about it when you were in high school, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, 80% of the women wanted the same guys. 80% of the population that were heterosexual women in your high school were attracted to the same guys. You, you ain't wrong about that. And That's what is sure. that? You dig? And then if you look at the, the elements of those guys, they were not in line with, oh, he's a thinking, caring, you know, thoughtful person. That wasn't his attraction. It had something to do with gladiatorism. He was willingness to fight. He was an athlete. You know, he was suave, which is kind of a scandal, you know, kind but, of scary. They but, had to have but, some scary element to it. But, bro, let's let's go deeper. Let's go deep. We're there, but we ain't okay. there yet. Let's go deeper. So why? Why is it that we that women are attracted to those men? Why is it that men feel like they have to dig a hole till they die? Why is it that we are you know, quote unquote, like, as you're saying, there's something about the they, women that want men that are like that, or, and that um, in turn kind of makes men want to be like that, right? It's and funny. So, it's funny. Uh, so I think I talked about this one time. I, remember the book I told you, Sperm Wars? Yeah, you talked you talk about Sperm Wars, yeah. That, that book answers that question. The, the phenotype for someone that that is gladiator is Gladiator, gladiatorism or cunning is an indicator of survivability. So in a harsh world, what's more important? The ability to kill or the ability to escape or the ability to do math problems? You feel me? So what that really is, is just, it's very superficial. It's a superficial triggering of our reptilian brain it's, it literally is a, is a very superficial perspective it's what makes bad boys attractive not make them good mates 
but just initially attractive is that those traits are it's traits that, it's a survival thing when they get down to knowing the guy they end up saying oh he's a piece of shit he's a fuck boy or whatever and then they end up going back to the math dude okay let let's let's talk about that all right because i i i would agree with that if i mean I, not that i would agree that's that's something that happened it's that's a, a reptilian thing it's a part of human involvement right yeah. but it's like okay but we have evolved right yeah but we like have we, we, we don't dissolved. necessarily need to look at people based on their need to potentially you know uh choke a bear with their bare hands well let, let me, let me. A man <laughs> You know, help the man type shit. Like we don't really need that, right? I know, but the part of the brain, (laughs) the part of the brain that that would sit in is the same place our emotions sit. So to stop doing that would mean that we would have to stop being emotional. And that's just not gonna happen. Like you can't the funny thing is about um the the, and I shouldn't say funny, but the thing about emotions or the thing about the brain is that you cannot parcel up the parts that you want and the parts you don't want Mm. is an all-encompassing system encompassing system so like for example when i used to do addiction treatment you know most people use substances to turn off whatever unpleasant emotion they had well yeah you could turn off fear yes you could turn off anger but if you turn those off you also turn off the ability to love you also turn off the ability to be sad you also turn off the ability to be happy Gotcha. That that system is one thing. So to turn off one would to turn off all. Gotcha. You get it? So, you know, you can't necessarily, yes, we could say, girl, don't be superficial. But at the end of the day, that's tied to a system that she needs to be a mother. It's tied to a system that needs that she needs to, to be a, a, a loving mate well, or a sister. Well, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not even saying turn it off, though, bro. I'm talking about like change it a little bit, like move, not t- not turn it off, turn it down. You know how you talk about the dial? That's turn maturity. That comes what I'm with saying, maturity. life has changed, though. Like what we what we need. I know there's there's a uh, there's specific things that everybody needs, right? Sure. But even then, it's like okay, in the hierarchy of those needs, it's like. It's, it's no longer as barbaric as it used to be, right? And so what I'm getting to here, by the way, is if, if, you, if you're not seeing what I'm getting at here, is there's the, there's the natural, which is what you stated, what's reptilian, what's, you know, innate. And then there's the social that's built based on that to a degree. There's like, has remnants of that, right? But then we, in the social, I feel as if we can control that. Because we can see that there's not really a need to a degree for a man to be uh, a barbaric tunnel builder, you know? Uh, You know, our society would tell you that you're wrong. Um, Like, even in the space where, like, you and I, we're, uh, you know, we go shooting, right? Yeah, yeah. In those spaces, if you're in that, if you're in that sub economy, that's what they talk about you know, being hard, you gotta be able to survive and, you know, skin a, skin a squirrel or whatever the fuck, I don't, I'm just throwing shit out. Yeah. But, but that will always be a part of the human experience as it, relo- as it relates to Western society. Now, if I were to put you 
and a second or third world, quote unquote, second or third world um, experience, survival is very much a priority. So we're not that far removed from it. That's true. I think what I'm hearing you say is that, you know, given all factors, why are, are we in the Western society still faced with this? And I would just submit to you that emotional maturity is a component of being able to discern what's, you know, innate versus what's good for you. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I think part of the issue is we have a culture of, you know, uh, um, maturity has different levels to it. Yeah. Like there's, there, when you say emotional maturity, what does that mean? That, 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 that goes across, this, it's not one thing. It's like, you know, how are you in love relationships? How's your maturity there? How yeah. are you in family relationships? How are they, how are your friend relationships? How are you how, in, in yeah. high stress situations? Right. How so, are you, yeah, I mean, all of those it. things are part of the number that comes up to emotional maturity. If you have gaps, it's going to reflect in the decisions that you're making. All right. Uh, so, see, I, I was trying to come at it without having to say the P word, but I'm going to say it, man. Go ahead patriarchy because that's where i'm at with it i'm like okay. I, I i'm struggling with it right now because i'm reading about it i'm going through just learning and kind of trying to dissect the idea of why we are what we are why we do what we do and why we don't want to be able to lean on people for certain things and how long it takes you to develop even the idea of that and i'm just like okay so you know I've, I've been I've been reading books about dismantling patriarchy, meaning that's the, the that's what we need to do, get rid of it, right? But then I hear you say what you're saying about the need for the man to be this, you know, sur survivalist and the man to be this protector and the man to be like the primal and the reptilian type of idea that we need to be that. And I'm just like, okay, well, that naturally births a system where a man has to be the way that men have been. Well, I, I would be careful with that because our patriarchy and our counterparts' patriarchy are not the same. No, it's not, of course. And and, and so our patriarchy is based on self-sacrifice. You know, I'm going to die for mine. I'm going to kill for mine. I'm going to, you know. Yeah. I'm do whatever I gotta do for yeah. mine. You know, I ain't never heard them say that about their family. But but no, I mean, I'm, for, I'm from, their, from their perspective, their family is a uh, is. I mean, from what I've read, it seems as if their family is more of they they take the brunt of the sacrifice from from the standpoint the man that what he does is he does bring home the dough and he takes care of the family to a degree, right? But everybody has to deal with every, they have to lift all the emotional emotional burdens. There's no none of that is placed on their side of the coin based on their level, their type of patriarchy. Right. They can be absent. From our standpoint, you know, we have a different type of struggle, right? And so regardless of if we I think our patriarchy is like a a fantasy mixed up, made up version of yeah. The, I mean, it's it's the, about admiration. It's about yeah. being admired for something, and and somewhere down the line, you know, your great granddaddy, you know, being killed by the clan while the rest of the family get to survive, he gets to be li lived on in legend, and that shit kind of gets passed down to the 
great grandchild hears the story that this man sacrificed his life so that the family can go on. And that means I got to do something similar, or at least be that same courage. And, and we're starting to take on the genetic and the environment and create something that doesn't exist. That's my point is like, we're not superheroes, but our children see us that way. And unless they learn that there's a transition from daddy being a superhero to daddy just being a man, there's going to be a problem with their understanding their identity. What in it for boy and girl, like the girl in terms of what she should look for in a man and for the boy, how to become the best man that he could be. And it's crazy because you would think you and I have the same psyche that we would seek each other out. You yeah. know, birds of the feather flock together. But part of our psyche is that we don't need anybody else. Granddad didn't do it with nobody else. He stood. I should be able to stand. I should be good. And women kind of promote that thought too. Yeah, they do. And I, I mean, they, and and you you see it entrenched in just the way we interact with one another, right? It's just a part of, and, and it's not. I I want to be clear because I think when we start talking, women do this and black men do that. There's not blame. You no, know, it's I'm not my culture. We're I'm just talking about, about how things are, yeah, and how they have been. and and i think like you said we see it as kids we grow up seeking it as adults and the cycle continues and never gets broken right and and so i mean us having this conversation of course is is going to help bring about some type of change but it's like i'm i'm trying to figure out like okay how it's like learning how to deconstruct this man and bringing him to a point where it's just like, like I don't have a boy to raise. I don't have a I don't have a son to raise. But I'm like, okay, well, it took me till I'm 32, 33 to get to the point where I understood that look, I need this subset of of men and of a subset of friends or emergency contact list or somebody mm-hmm. that I can call on when things are rough. And it's just like, okay, so. You know, you start looking at statistics, you know, kids are, are are going through stuff at a younger age when it comes to mental, you know, and you know, you know where the statistics lie with men and suicide, not to say that they try suicide more than women, but there, I, I know we talked about the modality is yeah. more, is more deadly for, unfortunately for more successful, yeah. more successful for, for men than it is, it has been for women. And so when you start to look at that, you're like, damn, like we got to, this has to be a part of our our thinking, our, our the way that we're looking at raising raising young boys and the way we're looking at raising ourselves. Like, well, we can't I, wait till thirty two. Well, you can't, but that's so. I brought up the great granddaddy, right? Yeah, and, and and that's a personal story for me. So part of my identity came from the story my mom told me about what her grandfather did to the clan mm. when they came to take his land. And, you know, he, he didn't back down. He came out the door with the shotgun. With the shotgun, yeah, man. That's a badass <laughs> story, man. I love and so I'm like, <laughs> yo, that's where the fuck I come from. I got to be at least, at least that hard. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you have to I reach just, it. I literally just created mm. a block on my shoulder. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. I just created 
something that's going to burden me going forward and may block my thoughtfulness when I need for when I need to be more thoughtful. I reflect and go back to fuck this, you know. Yeah, I, I, I'm born from that. You know, that's what I'm saying. When people take on as part of their personality, as part of who they are, these beliefs, it's not going to be easy to just say, hey, man, you're killing yourself, bro. Don't do that. Because they're not, they're not going to see it that way. It's no immediacy to it. Like, man, what you talking about, man? Look what I've been able to provide for my family. What you mean I'm doing this wrong? How is this wrong? I go to work. I got food on the table for my family. You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, you can go down the list. Yeah. But the reality is, or what I've had, historically what I had is a survey for the family. Survey your family. All right, you know, scale of one to 10. How's your satisfaction with your father in your life? Scale yeah. of one to 10. How do you uh, feel your relationship with your mother and father is, you know, for the kids? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Survey the land and then get some real feedback to, to support the belief system that you you kind of created. Okay. Okay. So what about this? This I mean, we talking family because we're family men, but what about right. the, sing the single man? I mean, and, the single the single man himself, you know, he he has a burden based that he's creating on whether he wants to be single or not. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm talking about from a single man's perspective, how do you get that level of, because I think that surveying the family will give the man a level of clarity to, to the point of like, okay, what is, like what I'm doing, it doesn't matter as much or is not what's valued as much, you know, to the family as much as I value it to myself, right? And so if you're by yourself and you have this Superman, you know, metaphorical uh, John Henry is type of uh, lifestyle, like how do what how do you how does one get one to realize that still came from a family, Sam? You can I could survey my mom, my oh, dad. Okay. That makes you sense. know um, because back when I you know like you had yours sixty months ago, back when I was in the in the different headspace, uh, my family was very dissatisfied with me um, as a man, like just. Because the only thing that mattered to me was getting money. The fuck you talking about, man? Mm. You, you you talking about getting some money? Shut the fuck up talking to me. So if like, it wasn't about money, it didn't make it sense. It didn't make sense. Sheesh. And um, and so and I would and I would treat my family that way. Like I bought my mom Tiffany's there, you know, shit and and it, to kind of <laughs> it's you understand what I'm she saying? probably looking at you like, nigga, what the fuck is I, I don't know. She's like, this is nice. <laughs> oh, be look, nice if you just that. came That's the kind of son I got. <laughs> I would have rather you come visit. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I'll see your ass in, a, in, in two years. And right. you come with this <laughs> yeah. Tiffany bracelet. I can laugh about it now, but shit is sad. So. Yeah. But uh, the reality was that wasn't me. And so you could survey your family. Yeah. And see how satisfied they are with you as a as a son, a sibling, a cousin, an uncle, you know, whatever role you're playing. Uh, we all have there's in, what they call it intersectionality yeah. with all the titles that we have. And it boils down to who you are. And and that's you know, a place to start if you want to get external feedback. Um, but it internally, 
you could reflect on the goals that you have for yourself. And honestly, this is where things turned for me. It was a reflection on, you know, the goals that I have for myself. Like I, I wanted a, uh, I was, I felt like I was at the stage in my life where I wanted a wife, where I wanted to have kids and, you know, do all that stuff that we're supposed to do for the next chapter. Yeah. Whatever society taught me. And I realized I was failing in all areas and I had to take accountability for the choices that I made. Now, because I was a goal oriented person, this was part of my regular psyche anyway. Yeah. It's about the way, the way you move. It's the way inside. I move. Yeah. Right. And so if, if there's a young brother out there, an older brother out there that's, that's in a space in the head space where he's trying to figure out, you know, are my actions matching the life that I want? that's a place that you have to start. You have to really do an introspective on one, is it realistic what I'm looking for? And two, am I really taking steps to get there? It's kind of like, oh, I want to lose 30 pounds, but I only go to the gym once a month. Your behavior is not matching the achieve the goal that you're trying to achieve. And that's really what it boils down to. Now, if you are in a healthy space where you're doing that, that's when you seek out like-minded people. To kind of get back to the support aspect of it yeah is that you know one of the things that helped me was me going to group therapy for grief for when i lost my mom and i literally bro when i tell you i had every you every walk of life in that group even even people that had some racial tendencies you understand what i'm talking about understood but by the time the group everybody graduated from the group you would think we were it's like, yeah. come here, cracker. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we just been through all this together. <laughs> I had no idea but, but, Negroes uh, were going through the same. <laughs> God damn it, Mikael, bring your ass here. <laughs> bring it in, brother. <laughs> 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 I'm about to die. Stop. Uh, but yep, yeah, I mean, I, I I see what you're saying, oh, man. Yeah. No. <laughs> but uh, anyway, but that's that's what it comes down to. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's fucked up. But, but but yeah, man. Uh, I, that, but I get what you're saying, man. Now, I mean, and it's funny because. You know, who knew that something as small as having people to talk to when you're you when you're trying to uh be, in a way better yourself, meaning yeah. better your mental, better your space, better how you feel is is linked to how you feel about yourself and how you go about your day. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, and and when 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 I said that guy five years ago wouldn't have had anybody to call and and it's not it's not that I didn't have the people that I have now. It's the same people. But I wouldn't have made the call because maybe I didn't feel like, you know, those people want to listen or those people even care. Or I didn't care about myself to lift myself from that space enough. Or, you get what I'm saying? Like, I just yeah. feel like. It can be a, a com it's probably all of it. It's, yeah, it's probably I mean, a combination you, of all of you it. You can right? talk yourself in and out of anything, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it probably wasn't a comfortable concept so because of that your brain wants to bring comfort so he's going to talk you out of it 
you know, he's going to give you reasons not to do it. Like, yeah. man, that's too much, Sam. They don't want to hear that shit. They don't want to hear that shit. See, yeah. just let it go. Um, but I will, all, you know, I think it's, I think it's interesting that I want to know what was it that got you down this path? Like what light switch came on 60 months ago that here we are today. Well, I, I, I told you well, 60 months ago, that's five years ago. My kids just turned five. Hmm. And when my kids came, it was probably the lowest part of my life. It sounds crazy. But no. I had gone through, you know, my I, I have I had twins, and I've talked about it on the show before. Like I just had went through so much through the process mm-hmm. of hand, having twins that I didn't take care of myself very very well. Um, you know, I I gained a ridiculous amount of weight. I you know was trying to hold my wife down because you know she's she's with with child, and then when the children come then I have to t- hold them now because mm-hmm. my wife got to heal. She has to go through her postpartum thing. And, you know, and, and I was just kind of like, nobody gave a fuck what was going on with me. And then in they turn, I kind of, I know they did, but I'm just saying like from the inside, from where I was yeah. at, it was just like, where are the babies? How's mom? You know, is and for me it's like yo like it's been six months i've been sleeping on a cot at fucking north side hospital N- haven't been comfortable in months and you know but i didn't have the kids in my stomach so who gives a fuck right, right? exactly and so um but so yeah that i think that it, it's funny because i i arbitrarily threw out the five years ago but it was real like it was actually five years ago that I was like in a very, you know, messed up space. So I just internalized all of that. It's like, okay, nobody cares what I think or what's going on with me. And I was, I was jacked up. Like I was fucked up, you know, and um, mentally, mentally fucked up, just not in a good space at all. To the point where I called it post, it's like postpartum depression for for dudes. And so, so yeah, it's just it, it kind of got me in that space of kind of researching like do dudes get like this after you know having a child, you know, I should be you know happy and you know all this but man, I it was it was a dark place and it was a dark cloud and I didn't have I didn't really have anybody to talk to about it and as I you know w- what happened is me and my wife got had friction from the fact that I was fucked up and we ended up going to the counseling about it. And we we was doing relationship counseling because we didn't think we we're gonna be together <laughs> much longer. And there it it came to a point where, and it probably was just blessing in disguise. My wife couldn't come to a session, and then you know, therapists, y'all do this thing where y'all separate people, and you know, and y'all have the one-on-one with one the to get one perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And man, that one-on-one kind of brought it all out, you know. And I was like, damn, like I didn't see how dark I was or how what what how dark how of a space I was gotten. in. Yeah, yeah, how low it had gotten. And I just realized once kind of like I'm sitting here talking to you about once I started talking about, I was like, you know, you guys have been through a lot this past year. We start going through it, going through it, going through it. Yeah. You realize like, damn, you know, I was in this place where I perceived that nobody really gave a fuck about me. I didn't have anybody to reach out to, but really. I was, it was just life that had taken me down a road 
that I didn't really know how to navigate, right? And so, yeah, that's kind Man, of the you difference. Need to say that one more time. Look, life I... took me down a road that I just did not know how to navigate at the time. And that it was... happens to everybody. Yeah. And... You know, it's funny. You were talking about your situation, and I swear to God, it felt like you were talking about mine. Mm. Twins and all. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I did tell you I had, um, I had developed nocturnal panic attacks. Oh, I didn't know that, but now yeah. I do. Oh, I thought I'd tell you about this. This mm, is no. So same situation as in, you know, being in the hospital early, first time dad, twins, everybody looking at me like Superman, mm-hmm. you know, everybody asking about Courtney and the babies. Nobody asked about me. Nobody. How you doing, Mikhail? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. I can't get that. It's always everybody with me. And and you don't think about it, how, what that does to you psychologically. As it's happening, you're not catching it. You yeah. dig what I'm saying? No, you're not. You're right. It's just, but the, it, it just, it sends a message that you don't really matter. Yeah. Like, you, you know, thank you for your donation. And, you know, and, and what's wild that. is you already metaphorically this John Henry character, right? Correct. And so you're just chugging along. You building the tunnel, right? That's right. And, and in the darkness say, yeah exactly <laughs> building this tunnel in the darkness and if you don't catch yourself you'll you'll be him at the end at, right at the end so what the, the thing about you mentioned you know it's postpartum for guys a thing and and that's why i brought up the panic attacks because it was like depression that had been exacerbated to a level of physical reaction in my body i mean i remember the first one i thought i was having a heart attack right like mm. i woke up out of my sleep i felt like i was falling but i was on on <laughs> i was laying down but it felt like i was falling and you know you can go anywhere you want to go right that metaphorically way. yeah but it was like Jeez. i had to it was a jump up it was like trying to catch myself mm-hmm. type of thing and my heart was racing I couldn't see because it was dark in the room and I couldn't catch my breath. See, when you have a manifestation like that, that has to be something going on yeah. hormonally. And I think sometimes, and and, I don't, and the reason why I don't believe there's any, I haven't seen any data. I haven't searched it and to be fair, but if I don't find it, I won't be surprised because we don't really talk about this. I've talked, I've talked to men in counseling that are new fathers and their reflection is not that dissimilar from ours, but we don't go document it somewhere. Women document they shit back to the original point. They have a support structure because they got the data to support it. No, I actually, we may have to do a whole nother episode about this. Now that we're getting into it, I'm like, yo, we may actually have to do a whole nother, like, you know, deal about it. But the coolest thing about it was me and you had similar experiences and that was kind of what you know we always known each other but that we kind of really messed on that because it's like yo we had very very similar uh situation yes sir you know and and i think that that's that's a part of it so then i became more comfortable with calling you about you know certain things right comfortable with being you know leaning on each other from a from a a mental perspective like okay you know we we're going through it right now, you know right. what I'm saying? 
you know, I need to need to realize how to navigate it. And also, you know, of course, my own maintenance on the side, you know, every one, every month or so talking to my counselor, talking to my therapist and, you know, combing through the, the things that we've gone through. And so I think that's the, that's the piece of it. It's like, it's funny as you become better and you think better of yourself and you, uh, you, you feel better about yourself. You, it's important while you feel like that to build that coalition around you to build that. Cause it, cause it's very difficult to do when you're already down. Right. So right. if you're listening and you're in a good space, start to think about your emergency, your 911 emergency contact list for your who, mental. Who's on your, who's on who, your stick about a phone? Who are you calling when, when something goes down in, in your marriage? Who are you calling when something goes down in your mind and you just who you calling who you calling if something goes down at your job hey you know do yeah. you do we have people that like man i just lost my job do we have people in your circle that can actually get you plugged in somewhere i mean and and those are things you have to you gotta you have to start to cultivate those because that's a that's a part of health that uh you know that I don't think any, most people don't talk about. It's not until you sent that, I was like, damn, an emergency contact list. And Ooh, you got it. And, and it's not, it's an emergency. So you have to prepare, meaning it's not when it happens that you should be, oh, who should I call? Right. When something goes down, you know to call 911, right? Right. Poison, you know, if somebody does something, you know to call poison control. You know, like somebody ingests something, you call poison control. So it's like, you need to know this for your well-being, it, not right. just mental. Well, it, just, it, it helps lower at least some. It should take some level of anxiety about living, mm-hmm. like that, that. To know that you have something in place, like it. Most people put um, ice in their phone next to contacts, mm. you know, for in case of emergency. ICE. Yeah. Um, God forbid something happens here's my phone, you get access to it via the 911 option and it shows people that you can call from my phone. Yeah, Like the comfort of knowing that I won't be in somebody's hospital as a stranger is compared to not knowing that people will ever know where to find me. Like that yeah. kind of shit fucks with me. But my point is your in case of emergency could be titled differently in the phone. Like there's definitely people that you should call in case of emergency. Like, you know, um, with the pandemic, we had the shit hit the fan. Like who's part of my nest family? Like who are the people that I would call or need to reach out to in case society fell apart? Like this, I mean, hey. It it is what it is, is but it was a plan nonetheless. And that's what I'm saying, because the plan was in place, I didn't have to think about it. I wasn't really worried about it. You know, if Courtney said some crazy shit, I got people that I would call to help give me support so that I won't act a fool. Yeah. You know, and that's all it really boils down to. Yeah. It's just mitigating the risk in life. If you can mitigate the risk in life by having people in place that help support you and you need to be in a good mental space yourself. So yeah. therapy uh, is key. Your quality of life will increase tenfold. Yep. Ain't nothing like being at ease. And we need to start making that normalizing uh men, especially our men. Yeah. 
uh, with, with creating that type of environment. Our sisters had a blueprint. I, I want them to share it. I want us to pay attention to it. Yeah, I mean, and, and I want and, us to do it. And I, I agree with you 100%, man. I think that's that's at its time as far as it's time that we evolve and get into that space, get into that that realm where we're 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 main because the thing i feel like everything high risk falls on us right like the alarm goes off in the middle of the night is it it ain't on me it's on me this is my time right it's on me baby exactly so it's 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 behooves us to be prepared same thing with the other aspects of life we we gotta be more prepared man and i I think we tackled this conversation pretty good, man. I, I enjoyed this conversation. Go ahead and put put a fucking bookmark on postpartum depression for men. Uh, yeah, I would definitely. We got like, to get that data together. Yeah, we need to. I need to. I need to look into that a little bit more. But yeah, for more conversations like this, if you enjoyed it, share it with somebody that you know who needs it. We thank you guys for supporting us over the years. Yeah, thank it's, you. It's. It's been great as we're creeping up on, you know, I mean, we we ain't there yet, but we'll be on 100 episodes soon. And, Ooh, you know, years. Yeah, pretty soon. And so we just want you guys to keep continue to support. We're going to try to work on growing this thing. So, uh, yeah, follow us on YouTube, You Good Bruh, uh, Instagram, You Good Bruh Podcast, uh, Twitter is You Good Bruh Pod. And email us, you good bro podcast at gmail.com. I am Sam Duke and I am good. And I'm Tell Mikhail and I am good. And just like that, we are gone. Take care of yourself, people. Peace. Peace.